Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, Sean Rossap, Fightful.com here. It is Monday, December 9th, 2019. We are here to talk about Monday Night Raw. Of course, this weekend is a big one. On Friday, we have SmackDown. We have Ring of Honor Final Battle. Saturday, it's pretty crazy. We have NWA Into the Fire, and we have a stacked UFC show. I will have a preview on Fightful.com this week. And then on Sunday, it is TLC. Then we go right back. On Monday for Raw. But maybe you guys missed out this past weekend. There was a UFC show where a guy's lip got ripped off. And somehow, I'm not quite sure, but Combates America had the most viewed post-show with Tito Ortiz against Alberto Del Rio. My God, what a train wreck it was. But this show will not be a train wreck because we have the wonderful Denise Salcedo with us. Denise, how you doing? Hey! No, I was kind of interested because I didn't get to catch the show, so now I'm interested to see what actually happened. I read the results, but that was pretty much it. Tito Ortiz beat that ass, and it wasn't even close. It was, let me just say, watch my, watch my live reaction instead. It was very, I was very confused by Tito Ortiz, and like, his flag of choice, his politics of choice, his song of choice, it was a, it was a nightmare. It was a mess. It was oh, it was crazy, and I, somehow I accidentally streamed the audio of the show. I didn't even mean to, but uh, luckily it didn't like get flagged or anything. At least oh, too hard. good, yeah, fortunately. But uh, <laughs> guys, make sure you check that out. That was a fun time. I really enjoyed doing that. I will do more live reaction stuff for absolute train wrecks like shows like that. But if you guys want to create a little train wreck yourself, you can ask us any question you want. Any statement you want read, donate a super chat on the live chat, uh, youtube.com slash fightful. We got our first one. It says, uh, so now Sammy can appear on both shows as a manager. This from young Bibby. Uh, we're going to get into that, Denise, but I don't know what that added to this. The, that whole segment was really not needed, to be honest, yeah. but we'll get into that. But I do like that they actually tried to explain mm-hmm. why Sami Zayn was there with his managerial license. Yeah, yeah, we, we are definitely going to get into that heavy. Uh, reminder, guys, 
We do Q&As over at Fightful Select all the time. We have two coming from Jimmy Van this month. We wanted to do a make good for our subscribers that are going to miss a couple of List Goes On shows because of the Christmas and uh, because of vacation and stuff like that. So a bunch of Q&A shows. Uh, I had one last week. Jimmy's got two this month. I'll have another next week. Go over to Fightful Select. Support us directly. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. All that stuff helps. Shane Haas says, here's 50 cents USD. Thoughts on Tomatonga. <laughs> Constantly posting pics of the OGBC. Have you heard anything? I, I think it's contract season, Denise, and I think he's a smart guy. I haven't seen any of that. I didn't even know he was doing that. But hey, if you have the if you have the thread to pull the needle or however that saying goes, might as well do it and see what extra money you can make. I like that saying, and I think it fits really well, especially this time of year. Uh, there's going to be some contract news dropping this week. There might be some some pretty interesting names that that are on the market before long. Uh, keep your eye peeled on FightfulSelect.com, guys. But. Well, it's interesting to see like the releases that have been happening. I think, yeah. um, I think what, Luke what'd Harper. What do you think of those? What do you think of I, those? I thought that Luke Harper is somebody that, uh, for example, if he were to go to AEW, that I think he would be somebody that could make you know, a, you know, not like a big impact, you know, for them, but I think somebody that could help further, you know, um, further help further some of the storylines along. And I think that he would be a good addition to them. Um, so those were just some of my thoughts. When, But right off the bat, I kind of expected the other ones as well. So I didn't, wasn't really too shocked. But the Luke Harper one, I was kind of like, you know what? That one could be a good – I actually felt happy for him that yeah. he was released, you know? So I, I've got a video on it. I've got uh, more on a variety of podcasts that we'll talk about this week. But Harper is going to work wherever he wants. That guy will have offers everywhere. I would be shocked if Sin Cara did not fight in Combate Americas next year. I would be shocked. They've had Thunder Rosa. They've had Sexy Star. They've had Alberto Del Rio. I had people there telling me that there are some other uh, Latino names that are being considered uh, from the wrestling world to to come over to fight in Combate. And it, it's smart. I mean, they're bigger than Bellator right now as it pertains to TV ratings. Like, it'd be a very smart thing considering his reputation too, Denise. We always hear about him fighting people. I um, chatted with Campbell actually uh, this past weekend about ahead of their show this Saturday, and it just seems to me like there's just so many ideas that are boiling with Combat This America, and it feels like they're gonna they're putting all their eggs into that basket and really trying to pull up all stops and really listening to what the audience wants. And I was just reading up some of the stuff about like how many viewers they got on their Facebook watch, you know, when I was preparing mm -hmm. for this interview, and I was like so shocked at like the numbers that they're getting and like the people that you know they're targeting hispanics and you know like hey like it's just very interesting to me how like obviously hispanics love you know they love combat sports and stuff so like why not market to them and you know really um i think it's funny because i've been having this conversation like side note a lot of like socal uh indie wrestling companies like there's only one really out here that's actually marketing towards hispanics and it's just like something that i think a lot of companies are missing the boat on yeah, and Kamate is doing that really well, and I think Sin Cara will play into that. I don't think necessarily that we'll see him – like, we're not going to see him in AEW or anything like that. But now, granted, Kamate, whether it would be Kamate, Bellator, or UFC, whoever put on the Alberto Del Rio-Tito Ortiz match was going to get the type of numbers that they got. But And I don't share our numbers much, but I'm talking like 45,000 downloads for that live reaction show. I did wow. not I did not expect that at all like they, 
that that shows you the general interest of train wrecks sometimes sometimes it it can it can work like that then we saw the ascension get released and there I'm not trying to disrespect them or shade them. I think Rick Victor is, is a good worker. I think Connor is an imposing guy. But there were a lot of people pretending like this was some big miscarriage of justice or something. Like, they were buried right out of the gate. They beat the New Age Outlaws, New Day, Primetime Players, Stardust and Gold Dust, Miz and Miz Dow early on. It just didn't work. It didn't yeah. work. When they were in NXT, the teams they were facing were too cool. And, like, it was thin. It was thin. I think they'll get like one-offs and appearances in NWA or MLW or places like that. Maybe, maybe even Ring of Honor. You never know. But I, I think it was right for all parties to move on there. Yeah, you know, with them, you know, I kind of feel bad, but I really never got the hype for them. I know a lot. They had a lot of people that were like, "Oh, the Ascension, this, the Ascension, that," but I just never saw it. To be honest, like for me, they were just a tag team that was there. And honestly, like the way I see it, like if these guys aren't happy, then might as well, you know, if I a company have people that don't want to work with me, then you know what? Go on, go do your own thing. That's fine. Like we can find other people that can, you know. Uh, so I kind of like that they did that little bit of a cleaning house and, you know, let some people go that were unhappy. Also, I just got updated numbers from the Tito Alberto thing. It was 55,000 downloads. My my bad guy. Oh, wow. But I do think it would have been better for them to make it not a pay-per-view match and should have been, like, on Univision better yeah. because they would have gotten, like, so many viewers. I would imagine Tito tried to work some sort of reb share thing, which, I mean, I yeah. know that – they wanted to try to make their money back, but sometimes it's brand exposure. Sometimes that's the important thing because they did have good fighters on that show. Also, there was Ruiz Joshua this weekend. Lots of stuff happened this weekend, guys. Before we get into the Raw review, uh, a person that you know very well, Sean Waltman, two-time Hall of Famer, back-to-back years. You work with Sean. Uh, I've talked about the other Hall of Fame inductees, but I couldn't be happier. Sean was as nice as possible, and I, I wrote a column last year about how when I was a very undersized kid, I saw the one, two, three kid, and I was like, oh, I've got a chance. Not realizing he was like 6'2", 200 pounds. <laughs> Not realizing that. But he waited until I was on camera with him earlier this year and told me how much he appreciated that column. That was one of the nicest things anybody's done for me professionally. Uh, you've had the chance to work with him a lot. Uh, tell me like, how you felt when you heard that. So I've been working with Sean now for two years, maybe even going on a little bit more than that. And uh, like, let's just be honest, like, uh, he, like, I don't like, he doesn't have to have me on his show, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like he's the kind of person that like, you know, kind of saw something in me and was like willing to give me a chance to grow. And even when I was, you know, at the beginning and I wasn't, you know, doing my very best or I was feeling insecure or like not confident, he just basically kept giving me feedback and kept basically telling me to do what I do, told me like, this is what you're doing good. And this is like what you need to work on. And so I actually knew he was going into the Hall of Fame about two weeks ago because he uh, came in, we were having a show and he came in with the world's biggest smile. He was like, Hey guys, and we're like, hey, like, good morning. And then he's like, I have some news. And he's like, I'm going into the Hall of Fame. But it was funny because he stopped after that. And I think Ed was like, 
four people in the room and everyone just looked at him <laughs> and didn't say anything. We didn't say anything because I think everybody was sort of waiting like, okay, well, what do, you, what do you mean you're going into the Hall of Fame? Like, explain. But he had this pause and he just smiled at everyone. And I think he was waiting for our reaction. Yeah. And it wasn't until he finished saying like, oh, with the NWO that everybody was like, oh, man, congratulations. Because we, we, we weren't sure like exactly like what the details were on that. But he was very happy about it. And so um, I knew they were going to announce it today. And so um, I just think it's so cool. Like when I think about it, I'm like, dude, like two time back to back WWE Hall of Famer. Um, like that's extraordinary. Yeah. And the thing is, he was so integral in ways that a lot of younger fans might not realize to the NWO because the NWO before him, it was the it was the giant Hogan. Hall and Nash. You got three guys that are enormous. And you got a cruiserweight now. Now you can, you, now you can feud with Dean Malenko. Now you can feud with Eddie Guerrero. Now you can, uh, work a, a more, I don't want to say a more Ric Flair style match, but he did feud with Ric Flair as well. He worked Rey Mysterio. He worked Juventud Guerrera. He worked a lot of guys, Chavo even, Jericho even, like lots of people that probably wouldn't have fit the NWO portfolio. I mean, for the love of God, that sold-out ladder match, it might have been the saving grace of that entire show. He fit like a glove with them because he was real-life friends with those guys. And not only that, he was a part of the, the reunited NWO in WWE as well, or WWF as well. And uh, I think that goes a long way. I'm surprised that the NWO got put in the same year as Batista because I figured they would both be headliners. So I would imagine that Batista is probably going to headline this, but... Man, good for good for Sean. Uh, just an A plus guy and one of my favorite workers in the world. I think if somebody adopted his spin kick today, it'd be one of the best finishes there there is because I love that one of my favorite moves in the world. But uh, we we do have Raw to talk about and Denise. I liked Raw tonight. You know what? I will say that Raw was not bad today. Um, I thought it was way better than last week, that's for sure. Because last week, when I thought to myself, man, I have to do a post-review show on this, and I have really nothing to say because nothing really happened. I was just like, man. So today I actually feel happy that, you know, I'm like, oh, like, oh, I have thoughts on this. I could say that, yeah. et cetera. So honestly, like, this this week's Raw, I thought it went, like, a lot faster. I, I wasn't looking at the top of every hour thinking, oh, man, we still got two hours to go, or, oh, we have an hour and a half to go, etc. So the divorce angle kicked things off, and this angle sucks so bad. It was easily my least favorite thing on the show, but it's going to do crazy views on YouTube, and just because all this does. Lana, this was probably her weakest promo yet, but I think that the shitty storyline almost predicates shitty acting. And Rusev was so sarcastic about everything. Jerry Lawler was completely pointless here. Rusev just wanted a match with Lana's hot boyfriend, as he called Lashley, and signs the papers. Lashley confronts Rusev and says he's going to marry Lana, Denise. And Rusev's like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to get into this. But it ends with Lashley getting put through a table with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Oh, I'm ready to move on. The thing is... Rusev is over, but as I pointed out before, Rusev always gets over. No matter what, he always gets over. Yeah, you know, first of all, I just want to say that I am confused every week. Every time I think I figured out what happened, uh, the next week happens, and I'm like, wait, whatever I understood, I don't understand anymore. Because 
I feel that they've incorporated so many elements as to why Rusev and Lana, first of all, all of a sudden fell apart. And, you know, she had to go seek out a love affair with Bobby Lashley. I feel like every week it changes. Like one week, like, you know, he's giving too much money to his family. The next, he just wants to do it with her all the time. And now it got to his head that he got famous. So it was very confusing. And then also the part with Rusev, like one moment, he still wants Lana back and he's still in love with her. And then the next, he's over her and he's this happy bachelor. So I just feel like there was a disconnection um, with both both parts of that storyline where I'm just like, what is happening now? But I think I've learned to appreciate it for what it is, um, which is what you said, a train wreck. Uh, I actually did like how Lana was acting today because she was being so overdramatic and just like utterly ridiculous. And, you know, I just thought it was funny. Like at this point, it's just funny, like just laugh at it. And so um, I thought that it was got to be too much to the point where they were arguing about the puppy. I felt like they were just trying to do a lot with this. Where yeah. And it feels like they've been trying to do a lot with it every single week where just too much is happening and you don't even know what's happening anymore. Yeah, I would rather mow my lawn with a pair of construction paper scissors than watch this angle go on anymore. This is uh, – oh. Do you think we'll get a wedding? Do you think we'll really <sighs> get a wedding? Because at this point, at I this think point, we might get a wedding. At this point, why not? And the thing is, it needs to be like immediate. Like, <laughs> it needs to be at TLC. Like, that's how quick it needs to be. Like, do it on main event. Uh, Hannah Moore says, this divorce has bothered me more than my own. Uh, Joseph Farley <laughs> says, this divorce storyline is more painful than my parents' divorce ever could have been. I'm ready to oh. divorce from this storyline. My God, man. Ugh. Yeah, but then it's funny because, like, even though this is so bad, it's still at the same time, like, what's going to happen afterwards? Like, at the same time, I just see it as, well, at least they're getting TV time, and at least we're talking about them, and, hey, they're doing great YouTube numbers, so I guess there's a pro in yeah. somewhere hidden in all of this. Matt Hardy's back. At least they gave him the week that his kid was born off. That That is an incredibly dick move by WWE. They have had him sit at home for three and a half, four months, maybe five. They're like, hey, we're going to bring you back the week before your kid's born. We'll give you that week off, and then we're going to bring you back the next week. This could have been anybody. I mean, Matt Hardy's more over than anybody else it could have been. But he hits a uh, – Drew McIntyre comes out, and he says – he says, at least we know it's yours because the kid's cross-eyed. And I was like, damn, damn. And Matt hits him with a twist of fate when Drew tries to give him the chance to go away. But we come back, Future Shock DDT, Claymore, whatever. Drew McIntyre being put over strong. But you wouldn't need to put Drew McIntyre over strong if you hadn't have him job out to Dolph Ziggler three or four times about a year ago. That, it's funny because I just thought to myself, that baby is like, how many days old and already he got a mention? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's – when I heard that line, I thought I heard it wrong. I was like, did he just say that? Oh, all and of, I was like, I guess he did. All of Matt's kids are going to be set up for life. Like, they're going to be able to go to WrestleCon and StarCast and do signings. Like, Maxwell will always be, like, be able to, to go to those things. Like, he's going to be at WrestleCade signing little autographs to people, doing the delete thing because he – He's been in that stuff. Like, it's it's he's, amazing. He's so charismatic, though. Like, yeah, I love him. He's so cute. 
Up next, the Viking Raiders made an open challenge for their Raw Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits answer, and I'm cool with that. Uh, this was a sprint, and I didn't know how I felt about it at first. I expected it to be a 10-15 to 15 minute match. I'm okay with the unpredictable match times, though. Out of, out of the, the gate, we saw a frog splash, and Eric almost got beaten. Saw a little floor routine from Montez and Ivar. Angelo got a little bit of shine, but then Montez took one of the craziest Viking experiences ever. This was unbelievable. He was just free-falling and just... I, I like that one spots the other on the, the finish because you never know what will happen with that move. But it looked more incredible than ever. A really fast match, Denise. How would you feel about it? So... When the Street Profits answered this open challenge, I was like, oh, good. We're going to be in for a good 15-minute match or something. So I liked this match, but I feel that it was just kind of those things where I was just starting to get into it when I could have felt that it could have gone like an extra few minutes just because I was actually enjoying it. And I thought that, hey, these two guys, I mean, these four guys can really can really go out there and do a lot of incredible stuff. So what I was thinking after this, I was like, man, if they weren't both baby faces right now, I would really like for them to do like a long-term program and have some back-to-back matches because I know that both teams can do like extraordinary stuff. So I was a little bit thinking, oh well this is probably just a one-off thing because we know the money is still really you know AOP and the Viking Raiders but I just feel that I would like to see this again down the line um the Viking Raiders and Street Profits I would like to see them again down the line and I really love the part where they were where Ivar and Montez Ford were doing the cartwheels back and forth it's just like little things like that where it just kind of takes you out of what you know you see on most matches you know Anakin JMT says, can I get Lana's lawyer? I have to wait a minimum of six months before mine is finalized, and I started before her. And he says, also, Denise, any more hot music takes? Uh, we're going to oh save that gosh. one. We're going to save that one because me and you are going to do a music podcast at some point. I read the comments on YouTube and so many people were mad at me because I didn't like the AJ Styles song. I was like, I I felt like personally writing to everyone. I am so sorry. I hate this song. Just hate me forever. Um, Oh, I had something that I want. Oh, yeah. So today I was uh, uh, talking about this and I was thinking to myself like, one of the bands, and this is a side note, but one of the bands that I really got into because of wrestling was actually Saliva. I remember as a kid yeah. going out and buying their album just to listen to the song always. And I wasn't that even was going to tweet this. Survivor thinking, Series. Yes, yes. Survivor Series 02, right? That, was it that? Okay, because yeah. I don't remember, like, which because they did so many songs for them. Like, that wasn't, like, the only yeah. one. But I just remember thinking, like, you know, I was going to tweet this, like, oh, like, what bands, you know, uh, what bands did you go out and buy their CD because of WWE? Because I went out and bought Creed's CD and Saliva. Mm-hmm. So I figured that we could talk about this later. Oh, we are we are going to talk about it. Yes, yeah, Survivor Series 02. That was the first pay-per-view I got to watch live. And that Saliva song was a big part of that. I remember it. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the angle of the night. Oh boy, there there was so much good to this. There's there's a couple of issues, but we're going to unpack it all right here. Seth Rollins interrupts and he says he's got something to take care of. He's like Viking Raiders, Street Profits, you can hang around if you want to, but I got to address something. And they leave, but they they shoot him looks first. And I love that Joe just went, I would have handled that differently. I love that. Kevin Owens 
then comes out. Well, why does he come out? Because Seth Rollins is calling out AOP. He wants to fight AOP, Denise. But Owens isn't, he's not falling for it. He's like, I know what's going on. You're not fooling me. I love that Owens is not a dumb baby face, Denise. I beg to differ. He did something dumb afterwards. What did he do? Well, are we are we gonna jump right into the beatdown and everything that happened no, in the no. backstage area, or not yet? Okay, well, I'll get to that. <laughs> he says that he does not believe Seth Rollins because AOP pulls up in a van right afterwards. He's like, "Listen, I know they're coming out here. I know they're going to beat me up. I'd prefer it be one on one or at least one at a time." Rollins is like, "Listen, man, I'm leaving. Then whatever." You're not going to like it, but I'm leaving. So Owens goes to the back, and Rey Mysterio says he has Owens back if he wants, and so do his homies. His homie is a pipe, which I thought was great. He sees Mojo backstage, but Mojo trolls him about which way they go. I think that Mojo can just deliver lines so well. He's always been one of the best actors on this entire roster. And if you're not going to use him, I think this is a pretty solid use of him, Denise. Honestly, like, for me, just this part, I kind of felt for, okay, so I have more thoughts about everything else that sure. happens afterwards, but I just felt like there was too much going on with this. And, like, even later on, I thought the whole Mojo Raleigh, Sami Zayn thing was totally weird, and we could have done without all of that. And I just felt like it was a little bit unnecessary, and, like, the whole thing was really done just so that Mojo Mojo could get stunned. So I feel like all of that could have been done on his own. I just thought all of this was confusing, but... I'll talk more about the rest of the stuff afterwards. There was a lot of weaving this in and out of the show, and I kind of like that. I like going back and seeing some of the same stuff throughout the show because it doesn't feel like it's all lumped up into one segment. And, like, I could have just watched that segment and just told the rest of the show to piss off. I love seeing, like, it go back to stuff like that. But after Kevin Owens slaps Mojo Raleigh, he goes back out to the ring. And, uh... I think it was Sami Zayn that came out. Sami Zayn uh, hits the ring and says that he's got a managerial license and that's how he's on Raw. But he's got Mojo Raleigh. I do not know why Sami Zayn was there. They brought right? they brought Sami Zayn there, bastardized their brand split just a little bit, and for what? What did he add to this? It was filler. Mojo got stunned. Is he managing Mojo all the time now? I I don't know. I mean, maybe. I guess we'll find out. But Denise and and the reason the reason it pisses me off so much is because the NXT call ups they did it with that. They were on both brands. Then the Superstar Shake Up after that, people were on both brands. And then after that, it was the draft. And what happened with the draft? Well, Lesnar just jumped back and forth. Who cares? And then right after the draft, they had the Crown Jewel 5 on 5. So you had interpromotional stuff there. And then you rolled right into Survivor Series. Everybody's just on the same show. You have not had a real brand split for a full year at this point. And, and you could even argue a little bit before that mixed match challenge, but they didn't really do that much to it. It was pretty standalone. This was the first few weeks we had seen a real brand split, and it lasted like... What, two weeks? 
Yeah, and I think the thing, too, is, like, at least if you're going to sort of, like, I guess, not really stick to that, at least have it be for something where the fans are like, oh, I like this, you know, like, let's do this. But this just felt weird, and, like, it just ma- it just begs the question, like, why does, you know, why does Sami Zayn care so much that Mojo Rawley got slapped in the face, you know, like, why? And, like, you know, Sami Zayn managing Shinsuke Nakamura, like, that's fine because, you know, Shinsuke is, like, you know, he's obviously at, a, like, a higher pecking order than Mojo Rawley, so it just made me wonder like why should I care about this and why should I care that Sami Zayn cares and why does Sami Zayn care so I just felt like yeah this whole thing was just like weird and unnecessary and I think I really do think it was just all so that he could get stunned and then that was it yeah the managerial I will say those this I am glad that they mentioned at least why he was there or how he got away with the whole brand split thing with the managerial license because I think like they could have easily just not said anything and then yeah. all the fans would be like super pissed. Well, like what's going on now? But at least they gave us some sort of explanation and now I guess we'll have to hear more about this. Yeah, an effort was made. I'll give them credit for that because in the past they've made no effort. They've just said, wild card rule. Ha. But it, although an effort was made, it was the equivalent of it's not my weed. I'm holding it for a friend. Like that's that's what it was to me. I, I don't. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Uh, Raleigh gets hit with a stunner and beaten with a pipe, and Sammy leaves. That was it. He didn't need to be there. But Owens goes backstage and finds the van that AOP arrived in and beats it down. Then he opens up the back, and he goes to turn around a chair, which I'm not sure why they have a spinning chair in the back of that van. (laughs) And it's Rollins. Now, Rollins didn't come there with them, so I want to know, Denise, was it Akam or Razor sitting in the spinny chair as they pulled up? Okay, so, okay, who, first who of all. Gets, just, who gets the rights to the spinny chair? I For a second, when they opened that up, and I thought to myself, wait, is that where they were supposedly doing those whole uh, yeah. segments prior? <laughs> I thought, well, that is really sturdy, you know? As somebody who shoots video, can't imagine all the shaky camera stuff on this. But, okay, so this is what I did not like at all. Like, I just thought this was, like, okay, so... First of all, I felt that when they made the reveal that Seth Rollins was the guy with the black hoodie and all of that, I felt there was, like, no reaction for that. It was like, it's Seth Rollins. Oh, it's Seth Rollins. And so the reason why I think that I I didn't feel a reaction for myself or from the crowd was because I don't think that it was ever really made believable that there was a chance that Seth Rollins couldn't be involved with the AOP because, you know, he was saying, oh, I have nothing to do with it. But I just feel like the fans never really believed it. Like, I never second-guessed myself, you know? And I feel like this storyline would have made more sense had I been, like, here telling you right now, you know what, I'm not really too sure if he's with the AOP or not. You know, I think he is, but at the same time, he's not. Like, I never questioned myself at all with that. So I don't feel that that was made believable enough so that I could actually be shocked when he was revealed to have been aligned with the AOP and then I also thought that it would have been more fun if you know if for example if when Kevin Owens when Seth Rollins when Kevin Owens saw that there was somebody in this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, in the chair and you know he grabbed him if he would have like attacked him and then it would have been some other person like some yeah. other random guy with black <laughs> hair who kind of looked like Seth Rollins and the part that I didn't like that Kevin Owens did which I thought made him look dumb was the fact that he dropped the pipe when he grabbed him it's like why did you drop the pipe like you should have you know attacked him with the pipe so that was the one thing where I was like you should have not dropped the pipe because then you drop the pipe and AOP comes in and it makes you look foolish you know so I thought this could have been done a little bit differently and I just thought there was not enough of the tease and I also think that they should sell the um the injury more so for example when Kevin Owens was being pulled uh taken into the ambulance like he should have not been moving he should have been like completely still they should have sold it more and been like you know we shouldn't be seeing Kevin Owens next week or on TLC yeah. is, is what I'm trying to get at like let's take a break you know he did he curb stomped him let's not see Kevin Owens for a second yeah they, or something. I, I completely agree with you after what they did to the curb stomp with the fiend you gotta reestablish that move you have to uh, I, I kind of like the reveal of Rollins because uh, predictable to me isn't a bad thing if it makes sense and it's good. And this all along was Owen saying, listen, man, I know it's you. I know it's you. However, Rollins came out right after, cut an awesome promo. He's like, I'm out here every single week. I come to work every week. I work really hard. You all aren't happy. What more can I do? Uh, Owen said that I was with AOP and he called me a liar. And that was, and I wasn't involved with them until tonight. I don't like that. He should have been all along if he was going to. You could argue Rollins is just a liar, and he was all along. Uh, but that that's, I would prefer that. I don't want it to be like, oh, well, Owens made me do it. No, you, you were always an asshole. That's the way it should be. I remember back to a TNA storyline. I think it had like the Pope and Kevin Nash and... Uh, I can't remember who else, but for months and months, they were like, Hogan and Bischoff are not good guys. They are conspiring against the company. They're conspiring against these wrestlers. And for they looked like heels for like three or four months until Hogan and Bischoff were revealed as heels. Then it's like, oh, no, these guys were trying to tell you all along that these these guys were up to something. I thought that was executed a lot better than this. But I liked this. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that it was a good way to really establish Seth Rollins as a heel. The curb stomp looked great. The cell looked great. But uh, when Owens is being carted off in the ambulance, they have trouble getting him in there. And he has to, like, pull himself in. And uh, we got that Rollins promo afterwards. I like the Rollins promo. I just don't want it to be like, oh, well, they made me. No, you were just an asshole. No. That's I think he should be. ride the whole thing like, like you know, he's essentially on a high horse. You know, he comes yeah. out, he buries the talent and says, you know, you guys are lazy or whatever. All the things he said in the uh, the town meeting. And so I feel like they should really make it as like, you know, 
he's riding this high horse and he just thinks he's better than everybody. But I saw a tweet from McFoley, which I really liked about this because his thoughts on this were basically the fact that he liked that uh, Seth Rollins was using his real life uh, frustrations during this promo. And I was like, that is a good call because he basically said that was one of the things that he used to do as well for for like his promos as well. So I thought that was actually a really interesting take by McFoley. And when I when I read that, it kind of made me appreciate that promo better because at first I was like, okay, like this is good, but you know, I'm not going to be like wild about it. But then when I read that like analysis, like it made me think like, you know what? That is a good take on this. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes from here on out. I I think this could be really good. Oh, my prayers were not answered. Humberto Carrillo beat Andrade, who was undefeated on Raw before this. I don't think Humberto had won like any singles matches on Raw before this. I don't see it with Carrillo. I don't see it. I didn't even like the match. I, I thought he took a great back body drop, but Andrade's got to stand there on the floor while Humberto runs off the ropes jumps on the ropes, jumps on the, the, the turnbuckle, jumps on the post, then back balances himself, backflips off. I hate that. I didn't like the, the holding the ropes for the double foot stomp anymore. I thought the Aztec press looked bad. Andrade runs into Zelina, walks into a victory roll. I'm just not a fan of this. I, I wish Angel Garza was six foot tall. I wish he was six feet tall because he would be getting this push. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I've heard that, you know, of, you know, basically they can have Garza do everything that they're having Umberto do, but actually be getting over a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing that I thought interesting was interesting about this was the commentary because they were making it seem like Umberto was this really hard guy to beat, but I'm like, He's been mainly losing. He's had that one win over AJ, and that was with the help of Randy then, Orton. Then they, so then right after, a, then right yeah. after they say like upset of the century. It didn't make any sense yeah, to me. Yeah, it didn't make any sense either. And then also they were saying that oh Andrade has has uh you know uh basically say like oh this is his first loss and this and that. And I was like yeah, so he's been winning, but has he actually been? Has he actually beat somebody that was notable enough to make the victory seem really important? It doesn't really feel that way. So it kind of felt like a disconnect where they were really trying to hype, you know, Umberto and Andrade. But it was just like, besides besides Andrade beating Ray, like, there hasn't been really anybody where you're like, oh, he's had some really impressive victories. So I just feel like they were trying to tell a, sto a different story via commentary from what we've actually been seeing. Yeah, I just don't like it. I don't think he's that great in the ring yet. I think he needs some. Uh, he needs to be polished. On, I mean, him and him and Garza are cousins. Like, if why can't they just put him with him to help him learn? Angel Garza's got it. He's special. He's got, he's got crazy charisma. Like I've met the guy, and I will tell you, he is charming. Like in terms of his personality, like he will charm your pants off. Not like in a bad way, but like in a nice way. He charms okay. his own <laughs> pants off. Yeah, that's like, you know what I'm trying to say. Like he's a very charming person with personality and charisma. Yeah. He takes off his pants and the crowd pops. And if you want the crowd to pop every time you take off your pants and you want to get a little pop of your own on your own time, check out bluechew.com, code fightful. Blue Chew brings you the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in a chewable form and it works a lot better and faster than Viagra and Cialis. It's a lot better because it gets into your system a lot faster. 
It's a chewable. It's ready whenever you are. A 10-minute notice, an hour notice, who, who cares? It'll be ready when you are. Full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. And it's a lot cheaper, whether it be time or money, because you don't have to call up the doctor. You don't have to set up a doctor's appointment. You don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to wait on the doctor. You don't have to get diagnosed by that doctor. You get diagnosed online. It's prescribed online. Then it ships straight to your door. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. It comes to you, and it's in a discreet package. You're not going to have people going through your mail. I mean, you know, I, I mean, honestly, it's a good thing it's a, it's a discreet package. Because have you ever seen those people that steal packages off of porches, Denise? And you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. When you steal a package, you never know what you're going to get. But people are going to know all about your package once word gets around about you using Blue Chew and you slanging that thang, as they say on the streets. Use that code Fightful. Get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. Denise, do you remember how nervous I used to be doing these with you on the show? Yes. Now you even bounce off these things off of me. I'm so proud that I gave you some verbiage to transition into that, and it was so accidental. Like, when Anna was on the show regularly, I didn't have these ad reads to do. So it was – doing them with a woman on the show was a little bit awkward, admittedly, but we we got through it. We're we're here. Yeah, no, I feel bad because I feel like I should contribute, you know, but I don't really exactly know how to contribute. So I just like, I'm just cheering you on and sending you good vibes and hope that people get Bluetooth. There you go. Somebody in the chat saying, that's not what slanging means, Sean. Uh, buddy, I think I know what it means. Slanging that thing absolutely means what I said. Go home. Andrade argues with Zelina after this. I don't want to see them split up. Just because I haven't seen a real top run with them. There's there's money in them. But then again, there's money with a lot of people as near top or top guys that WWE doesn't have an interest in. They pick the same couple of people. Well, what we've, well, what we've been seeing in terms of trends with Maria and Mike and Rusev and Lana, at this point, they're going to do the Hispanic version too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, we're going to see a makeover for Liv Morgan. What do you think about that? Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, oh, finally, a mention of this. How exciting. You know, I'm curious curious to see if it's going to be either, you know, because she's already sort of edgy. You know, is she going to have an edgier look? Is she going to have a, you know, a more clean, classic look? Like, which direction are we heading into? I have no idea. I'd be shocked if she wasn't on the next season of Total Divas because she stole the show this season. I watch it for my job, obviously, and she's just – she's a personality. And I wouldn't be shocked, would not be shocked if uh, they were filming this for the next season of Total Divas, like this this recreation. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the Street Profits weekend updates? Oh, I liked it. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was funny. And see, I'm a person that's like a fan of like spoofs and like cheesy spoofs. So like, I don't care. Like I find some things that are like, I guess people can say are like not superbly comedic. But I think that as long as like they're funny to me, 
a lot of things make me laugh. Let's just leave it at that. So I think yeah. that's why I personally enjoyed it. And I did like like the creativity, the creative aspect of it, you know, doing something a little bit different. You know, if they're going to have them back there doing these like, you know, you know, skits and promos that they've been doing like for so long, might as well add a little bit of a different twist to it. And I, I actually liked this. Buddy Murphy defeated Zack Ryder. Now, this came right after, or not right after, but after Alistair Black had beat Tozawa. I loved that Alistair Black match. It was quick, but I thought it was a must-watch. Uh, the counters out of the chin lock were great. I always say that's one of the most unbelievable things in wrestling. Like, people are talking about all these flips and stuff, and I'm like, man, I've watched so much MMA. I've watched so much catch-as-catch-can wrestling. But I'm supposed to believe these elite world champion level wrestlers are sitting there in a chin lock. They're not sitting out. They're not turning in. They're not working out of this. They don't have their hip blocked. He got thrown in that thing and he slipped right out. And then he hit some arm drags. I thought that was great. The Tazawa cell was amazing. Like when his eyes were just like, you know, I was like, I love that. Um, you know, this is the second straight week in a row where we have like a fun match with Tazawa. Last 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 week it was McIntyre, that was fun, and then this week was another uh good one too. Uh, I just think that one of the things that we are noticing though is that a lot of the guys from 205, not Murphy or Ali, but like Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, like they're all like falling into this position though where they're really just there to like job to the main roster guys, yeah. which I kind of feel it's like you know a kind of a trend that we're seeing right now so that was one of the things that popped into my head but I actually think that the Zack Ryder Buddy Murphy match would have been better if it was like let's just say that we didn't have Alistair Tozawa if it would have been uh Tozawa and Buddy Murphy for mm -hmm. this because I thought that it would have actually like Tozawa could have still lost right but I think it would have highlighted Buddy Murphy it could have shine made him shine a little bit more uh it didn't have to be like some sort of like competitive match it could have just been like something where both of their styles could shine and make a really fun back and forth match yeah I wouldn't mind that but I mean they they did that I think about three weeks ago they already had him face Tozawa and beat him but I'm just glad these are two protected guys that are winning and they're gonna face each other now I mean Alistair Black's gonna win and he should but uh, I'm very excited for that. I, I liked how Buddy Murphy won. He was getting beaten up by Zack Ryder a little bit. He went out. He socked Kurt Hawkins, ran back in, and hit Murphy's Law, which it, I love that move. I think it just looks like a million bucks all the time. And I'm excited to see this match. Like I said, I know Alistair's going to win, but it's still going to be good. Uh, un unfortunately, we don't have enough TLC matches to make predictions for the show yeah. yet. You know, it was funny because I was, well, obviously today when I was watching Raw, and I forgot where I read it on Twitter, but I was like, oh, it's the go-home show for TLC. And then I was like, it's the go-home show for TLC, and I don't know any of the matches. And then I was like, wait, what has been announced? And so that's when I realized, I was like, hey, there hasn't been much yeah. announced here. But I am looking forward to that match. I think if they're given a good time, uh, I think they could do a lot with that. Backstage, Charlotte says she doesn't like Becky. Becky says the feeling's mutual. Charlotte likes the Kabuki Warriors less and offers her help to Becky tonight. Becky doesn't want it, but apparently she does want steam because there's a whole lot of it in her entrance. Holy crap. <laughs> there's a ton of it. Uh, the match was Becky Lynch against the Kabuki Warriors. I, I liked the match. I liked like the Doomsday Forearm. I liked uh, a lot of that. I liked Asuka and Kyrie constantly getting out of Becky's finishes and, and holds. But I'll tell you what I didn't like. 
Becky Lynch has never beaten Asuka in any manner, DQ, countout, pin, submission, ever in any kind of match. Not a Royal Rumble match, not a TLC match, not a tag match, not a one-on-one match, not a triple threat match, not anything until tonight. Because with a two-on-one match, they couldn't find a way to creatively just not have Becky Lynch win, even by DQ, and at the hands of Asuka at that. Now, they can say that she's never pinned or submitted Asuka, and that's fine. But it's just like there were so many different ways to get around this. There, there were countouts. Becky could have got DQ'd. They could have went to a no contest. Charlotte could have ran in. They could have done, like, I could have thought of like 10 different ways to just not have Becky Lynch win. She got pinned by Asuka last month. And this is 2 on 1. But Asuka pulls out a chair and hits her with it. I didn't necessarily like that. I think that Asuka at the Royal Rumble is just a natural build. They face each other at the last Royal Rumble. Asuka won. And ever since then, Becky's just been on fire, no pun intended. I mean, it's such a minute thing, but it's it's a continuity thing for me, Denise. Like, the story was just right there, served up to him on a tee. Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. And I I agree with that because I think like, hey, like pursue this, like make us be like, oh man, the man herself has never gotten a win over like Oscar. Like that to me is intriguing. So I definitely agree with that. I thought the match was good. I did. I think I liked the Charlotte handicap match a little bit more though. Um and, you know, I really like how they're really showcasing this. You know, they've been showcasing it for a while now, you know, the whole frenemy situation with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. But I feel like we got more of a clearer uh, version of that this week where it felt I felt it made more sense this week than all the other weeks. And so I like this back, like kind of like what's the saying? My, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. friend, So I really feel that with Becky and Becky and Charlotte in this. So I'm actually starting to like get into this a little bit more. That elbow dropped through the table after this ruled. And I, I actually posted a tweet that kind of predicted this. This is what I would do. I would have Charlotte and Becky at TLC against them in a TLC match. That's what happens. Becky is backstage in the trainer's room. Uh, after Asuka and Kyrie like, did this great promo, yelling in Japanese, laughing, like ridiculing them, uh, attacked Charlotte with a chair, all this stuff. And Charlotte and uh, they challenged Charlotte and Becky to challenge them. And Charlotte and Becky obliged, saying, let's do it in a TLC match. I, I think that match is going to rule, Denise. I liked that one line that Oscar said where she said, we challenge you to challenge us. I was like, thank you. No knocking on my door. I challenge you to challenge me. Like that, I loved that line. Um, I actually really liked the promo that they did with Charlie afterward. Like that's the one you're just talking about right now because Mm -hmm. I just, I like what they're doing. I like the fact where, you know, they're talking in another language and they don't care whether or not we understand. And I, also liked Charlie's response where she said um, that she basically yeah. needs to learn more languages. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Yes, I liked that because, you know, usually it's so like question, answer, question, answer. But yeah. this was kind of like going back to, you know, with the AOP and her interview with that. And, you know, those sort of little connections that. You and Carrillo. <laughs> yeah, that too. There you go. See, like there's so many. And so I actually liked that little touch of that. 
One of my favorite things about the Kabuki Warriors is not only do they not care that we don't understand them, they get joy out of the fact that we can't understand them, and they ridicule us for that. Like, we don't know what they're saying, and they think it's hilarious because there's not anything that we can do about it. I just love that aspect of them. And when they turned heel, I was like, "Ah, maybe, we'll see. It's been the best thing that could have happened to them. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, what? Asuka and Kyrie are going to lose to the two most over women in the company, maybe ever. But it's a good spot to be in. They are featured every week on Raw as as strong tag team champions that are getting promo time too. Doesn't matter if we understand what the hell they say; it enhances the character. I think and that, the bouts. Th- there the you bouts go. Wow. It makes the titles seem more important. And because they're dominant tag team champions, it makes Becky's belt seem more important too. When, assuming that Asuka goes for it, she goes for it. Um, yeah, I, I really dig this and I can't wait for TLC. Oh, one of my favorite things in this show. This goddamn jobber <laughs> that just ran out and grabbed Eric Rowan's bag and drops it at the top of the ramp and then runs around the arena. Back into the ring when Rowan goes to grab the bag and he's trying to get a count out. I don't know who came up with this idea, but it was it was fantastic, Denise. And it's funny because, you know, I feel that the story with this is like, oh, you know, someone's brain was actually on and this wrestler is going to try to get a fast one over on this like giant monster guy. But. I think that the best storylines in anything, whether you're watching wrestling or TV or movie, whatever, is where they have different layers and different people's reactions. So for me, instead of saying like, oh, that's smart of him to do, not only did I think that, I actually felt bad for Rowan. Like myself, I was like, that's kind of messed up. Like they took his bag. Like he's been caring for it and, you know, protecting it. And, you know, someone took it away and he had this moment of panic and fear where it wasn't with him anymore. So um, my thing was I actually felt bad for him. And then when he turned around and, you know, almost got counted out, I thought it would have been funnier if he actually like, you you know, would have lost this match. But, uh, but I liked this. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, the Iron Claw slams hit, and the ref calls a stoppage. I'm glad that they they set that precedent. Ref stoppages should be a thing, uh, only in very, very extreme cases. Uh, Not Hell in a Cell. Not that, though, even. No. A choke slam hits after, too. Uh, Aaron Jay's fan, a friend of the site, says, Drew Stock is massively dropped, uh, and when gender comes back, they should reunite 3MB. I do not agree with that. I no, don't agree. Dear Lord, no. Uh gender gender and Heath are nowhere near nowhere near Drew McIntyre or his upside. And I think that they've they they've been building Drew up pretty fairly of late, Denise. You know, granted, I guess, you know, we can't have everybody skyrocket to the moon yeah. so fast, you know? So I feel like at least we've been consistently seeing him and they've been consistently putting him over on commentary. So, hey, let's see where it gets to eventually. I do think that they, they should at least have like three or four people that are skyrocketing. That way you have options. That way you have options and you go with the best one. You go with the person that's just doing the best and is the hottest because I mean in the attitude era at the same time you had Austin uh Triple H the Rock Undertaker Foley Angle just there all the time ready to go big show too 
was was a nice nice one to have. Like you had those guys there at all times, ready to rock. Uh, but that ain't the case anymore. Um, no, and I think that's an argument that we've been hearing like over and over. The fact that you know we can't that there hasn't been a baby face that's been built, you know, big enough anymore, or like we can't have you know basically multiple being built, multiple people, uh, you know, have focus on them, you know, all at once. Like it's either one person or nothing, you know. Yeah. Reminder, guys, we have a SmackDown post show. We have the Wednesday Night War show with Warren and Alex. And we have the Listen, you boy. It is our Wednesday weekly news show. Go check that out. And, of course, post shows all this weekend. FightfulSelect.com, though, that's our premium service. That's the most direct way to support us. I had the backstage report today. We've got the Weekender podcast that covers NXT UK, 205 Live, Beyond, Impact, ROH, all that good stuff. You get Alex Palowski's Sour Graps Review, a rather negative look at Raw and SmackDown. Q&A shows all the time. Retro review shows every single month, plus exclusive news that's sent straight to your inbox all the time. Uh, like, I post it there before it goes up on Fightful. So be the first to check that out and subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Jimmy announced on the Q&A this week that uh, next year it will be moving to Fightful.com, so we'll be able to offer... A lot of discounts, free months for members that have uh, been subscribed for a long time. Lots of cool things we'll be able to do. Uh, I need a stem cell sponsor, Denise. Why is that? Because I'm watching Rey Mysterio do acai moonsaults in 2019, almost 2020, and they're marvelous. They're awesome. It's crazy. Like, I remember when we were seeing Ray for a while where we knew he was struggling, you know, in the ring. And now it's like, dude, like, he's, like, revamped himself, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean. It gives me hope. Though He used to walk around with knee braces on all the time. He, he made it back into the ring before the count out. He defeated AJ Styles in this United States title match. But the OC are out to accompany AJ. Ray does what Joe calls a sunset flip wall bomb, which looked awesome. Ray takes out the OC, and there was a nasty-looking finish, like a Super Styles Clash attempt. I don't have a problem with that. I saw some people saying, like, oh, they botched it. Sometimes fights are just sloppy, and I'm okay with that. And that nasty power bomb that hit right after was great. But uh, this did not get timed out well, Denise. Orton, no. Orton slides in the ring, winks at Styles. Ray hits a small package with no time left. I looked, it was 10 already. And they haven't done an overrun in 13 months. And the show goes off the air before they even announce the winner. Yeah, so, okay. So, I was streaming Raw, okay? I'm sorry. I know it's bad, okay? <laughs> but, you know what? I have to make do with what I've got. Yeah. And so, me, because I'm always, like, a minute or, like, 30 seconds behind what's actually happening on live TV. Yeah. Uh, mine usually goes on that overrun. So, I saw that it was 801 and it was still going on, and I was like, oh, okay, like, this is just my normal thing. But then, out of nowhere, it get cut off, and I thought, okay, maybe the streaming service, like, it's just gonna, like, end yeah. it there. You know, so I thought it was just me. And then I went on Twitter and I saw that you guys shared that it got cut off. And I was like, oh, so it wasn't just me. Uh, so I wasn't expecting that. It's pretty interesting because, like, I feel like they don't just drop the ball like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's happened a lot more over the past six months or so than than it did before. And 
they, they've had to adjust because they don't have that overrun. And I don't remember whose call that was in particular. I know we broke the story last year, but I can't remember whose call it was. And I know for SmackDown, they run into less problems because sometimes they'll end at like 9.58 Eastern on SmackDown, which is kind of weird. But, uh, but it's okay, though. Like, yeah. I don't need it to go exactly to the dot, you know? Yeah. That was raw. I thought it was a pretty solid show. If it were a two-hour show again, I think it would have knocked it out of the park. I think it would have been an amazing two-hour Raw. I can't remember an amazing three-hour Raw where the whole time I was gripped, but I think they they had a pretty good show tonight, Denise. I forgot to mention uh, for the main event that uh, Umberto still has never gotten his title shot because remember he was attacked before his title shot with AJ. True. And he's never gotten it, so I actually thought that instead, like, for a TV match, it should have been Ray versus Umberto instead. Yeah. And instead have uh, have the AJ Styles uh, Ray Mysterio match on TLC yeah. instead of it being on Raw. I, so I actually thought those things should have been different. I'd like it if he came and stabbed Ray Mysterio for taking his title. Like, <laughs> give me some edge. Show me some... Something. As Hannah Moore points out, SmackDown has to end early for local affiliates to do their news thing. That's a good point. Uh, guys, if you are watching, whether it be live or uh, on demand, leave a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. But also, if you're watching on YouTube, comment below your favorite part of the show and what matches you think will get added to TLC. Again, we're here all week with shows. Make sure you check out FightfulWrestling.com. We got all your news. Uh, Jeremy Lambert, Carlos Toro, Robert DeFelice doing uh, the work and transcribing a lot of these interviews that are out there. That way you all can get the news. Uh, but Denise, tell the people where they can find you. Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Um, I'm almost at 24,000 subscribers on nice. YouTube. So please come join my little family. My goal for next year is going to be 50K. I don't think it's going to happen, but I have hope that it might. I don't know. Well, well, you know how it is. Like once you get to 10K, it rolls a little bit faster. And then once you get up there, it just starts to it snowballs a little bit. Your, I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that. Your videos, I mean, we're, we're right below that, I think, but it does, it, like, you start to pop up in recommendeds a little bit more. That's the key. If you get appearing in recommended videos, that's pretty nice. But guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.